Hello, I'm Barrister Daniel Barnett from Outer Temple Chambers, and welcome to episode 67 of Employment Law Matters on the Menopause. Employment Law Matters, the number one business podcast for HR professionals and employment lawyers. Employers are increasingly adapting to recognise the effects that the menopause can have on women and their working lives. It's more important now than ever, with older workers expected to stay in work for longer. The menopause is a deeply personal issue, and it's unsurprising that many people prefer not to talk about it. But the landscape's changing. There are more available resources to encourage dialogue and to help employers understand the challenges that the menopause poses. It's also important to help make working life easier for women who are going through it. As well as the human aspect, there are good business reasons for addressing the menopause. Recognised symptoms of the menopause include that some women find they're less able to concentrate or find themselves being short-tempered with colleagues. Perhaps they find it difficult to recall information or feel as if they're lacking energy. I am, of course, generalising here. As an organisation, you'll want to ensure that any changes in performance are carefully monitored and any exposure to risk, including when it comes to the employee's health and well-being, is minimised. Welcome to Employment Law Matters with Barrister Daniel Barnett. There are also employment law reasons to make sure a woman who's experiencing the menopause is being treated fairly at work. She may, may, be regarded as disabled for Equality Act purposes. Now, before that raises your hackles, this will be highly unusual. I personally don't think the menopause can be properly described as an impairment. But in a recent case, a Scottish court upheld an employee's claim of disability discrimination stemming from her experience of the menopause. So be aware of the possibility of your employee being disabled and of the need to carry out risk assessments and to make reasonable adjustments. More sensibly, consider issues around sex discrimination and age discrimination www.danielbarnett.co.uk What can you do as an employer? Well, it's tricky. You can't raise the subject of the menopause with a woman who hasn't raised it with you other than in a very tangential way. Some employers have introduced a menopause policy intended to be the trigger that starts the conversation. If you're interested in introducing a menopause policy, there's one available as one of my set of 20 HR policies at policies2020.com. Research shows that women are reluctant to raise their head above the parapet when it comes to the menopause. Some worry they won't be supported or that their employer simply won't understand what all the fuss is about. They might also worry they'll be ridiculed. A policy that shows your understanding of the issues and of the potential difficulties for women and spells out your commitment to helping them would certainly be worthwhile. At the very least, it offers the employee a pathway to broaching the subject and she may feel less anxious about her situation as a result. Have a look at the policy that I've put together at www.policies2020.com. A Department for Education report in 2017 went into some considerable detail about the effects of the menopause on women's economic participation in the UK. There are some gems of information in there about things that employers can do when it comes to dealing with women and the menopause. For example, I'll give you six. 
Number one, engineer an organisational culture in which women feel supported. Women should be able to talk to colleagues and managers about the effects that the menopause may be having on their working lives. Practical and emotional support from colleagues, from line managers and from HR is important. Number two, put in place mandatory equality and diversity training, especially for managers, covering sex and age and the menopause. Three, when carrying out performance reviews, take account of detrimental effects of the menopause. Four, treat the menopause as an occupational health issue. There should be an overall emphasis in work on confidentiality, privacy and access to relevant experts. These come, as I say, from the 2017 Department for Education report. Number five, factor the menopause into your sickness absence policy. Women shouldn't suffer a detriment stemming from the time they take off work because of the menopause. And number six, think about introducing temporary flexibility into a woman's working life. Examples include reducing her workload, giving her the capacity to rearrange formal meetings if necessary, flexible working hours, homeworking, and making sure she's not working excessively long days. There are also physical changes that employers can make to workplaces. You could discuss with each woman her particular symptoms, if she's willing to talk about them, and what could be done to address them. For example... You can provide access to fans or good ventilation and temperature control to help cope with hot flushes. You can provide clean, well-equipped and comfortable toilet facilities near workstations. You can provide access to natural light because that has a positive effect on mood. Cold drinking water. An alternative uniform, perhaps lighter non-synthetic versions. Quiet rest areas an alternative to working in a small confined space and reduced exposure to noise, which helps with fatigue. The biggest part of this is the need to break down barriers. Organisations should equip themselves to better understand the challenges that female staff may be going through now and may face in the future. There needs to be less taboo. But in order for that to happen, women have to know they won't be penalised, teased, discriminated against or receive any other ill-judged and unwanted treatment because of a process in their lives that they happen to be going through. If you think there are real issues with the employee's performance, you'd be well advised to have a conversation with her that seeks to draw out specific issues, one of which may be the menopause. But I'd let the employee volunteer that information. Don't raise it yourself. If you've misjudged the situation, then suggesting that an employee is menopausal when she isn't would undoubtedly backfire. The HR Inner Circle, Britain's leading club for smart, ambitious, standalone HR professionals. On World Menopause Day last year, the 18th of October 2019, oh, pre-COVID, can you remember that? ACAS brought in some guidance on how to cope with the menopause in the workplace. It's worth taking a look at. It's on the ACAS website. The ACAS guidance goes through what menopause is and the potentially debilitating symptoms it can produce for women. It suggests potential adjustments from providing desk fans and extra rest breaks to being flexible about start and finish times. 
Handling menopause symptoms carefully is essential rather than good practice. As I said, in Scotland, menopause symptoms have, in a tribunal case, been accepted as a disability. Handling things badly can also result in age and sex discrimination claims. Managing menopause effectively, says the ACAS guidance, helps you retain your best talents and reduce recruitment costs. The main message from the guidance is the importance of openness about the subject and understanding its effects. Key to this is creating an environment where employees feel confident raising the subject and a policy is helpful in starting the conversation and educating staff at all levels. Thank you for listening to episode 67 of Employment Law Matters. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do subscribe. You can subscribe on the Apple Podcast Store or using your favorite podcast player. And please do also leave a review. We are very shortly resuming the practice that I had in the earlier episodes of this podcast of picking a random review every week, reading it out and sending the author of that review a book. If you'd like to win a book that I've written, leave a review on the podcast store and you may well be in with a chance. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Daniel Barnett from Outer Temple Chambers. Bye-bye. Any information on this podcast is for general guidance only. Always seek legal advice. Please see full terms at www.danielbarnett.co.uk forward slash podcast terms.